Welcome to Marin Costello Radio, where we have intentional conversations with impactful people. Your weekly dose of motivation, inspiration, and entrepreneurship. Join me as we explore the ins and outs of building and running a business, interview leaders across all industries, and find the common denominator beneath it all. Welcome to Marin Costello Radio. Happy May, everybody. Today marks the first day of Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, which is very important to me personally, but also very special because the man, the myth, the legend behind Marin Costello Radio, the reason why the show is even a thing is the guest of honor today. Q, welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I will say this, I will say this. Uh, I laugh because it's weird being on this side of the mic and, and the interviewer becomes the interviewee. So thank you very much. I am humbled and honored to be on Marin Costello Radio. And cause you're, you're just amazing. So this is fun. This is gonna be fun. The feeling is mutual. And I just want to state for the record that um, you very early on in this project said that you would never, ever, ever be a guest on the show and you were officially episode 10. So I would just like to point that yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for anybody out there who has met Marin Costello, there are certain people on this planet that uh, you cannot say no to. She is certainly one of them. So yeah, thank you for, uh, uh, volu- she, she voluntold me basically. <laughs> told you oh where's the lie right right well Q you are such a special human to me but I would like our listeners to get to know you a little bit more tell us about yourself yeah so Ray raised in the uh beautiful island of Long Beach California and uh actually you know um first generation out here I'm gonna keep this short and I'm not gonna ramble like I like I naturally do uh, but lo- loved living up, uh, li- growing up in Long Beach, very diverse city, uh, you know, in terms of uh, uh, racial diversity and, uh, you know, people of varying, uh, you know, financial situations. Fun fact, I grew up with Cameron Diaz. She's a close childhood friend of mine. Is she as wonderful as I think she is? She is. Everything you see on camera is exactly who she is. The goofy <sighs> laugh is exactly the goofy laugh that she had in uh, uh, junior high when we, when we grew up two blocks from her. Yeah. So uh, yeah, she's amazing. That's amazing. Not, not to sidetrack, uh, but yeah, first generation uh, Long Beach, California from the beautiful Island of Guam, which is where we are both from. Mm-hmm. And uh, which uh, I am assuming why I am on here because it's Asian Pacific Islander heritage month, uh, you know, played, played some football, uh, you know, went away to school, San Francisco and, uh, you know, really discovered when I was in college, really discovered um, my love for my culture. And, and so uh, and then here we are, <laughs> here we are on radio broadcasting from Hollywood, California, and I'm hanging out with you. And this is what I do. So this I'm is the list is living the dream, folks. De- definitely blessed. So you and I originally met. I was being interviewed on another radio show that you were producing and you walked in and I saw, you know, on the side of your arm, the tattoo of the Guam flag. Mm-hmm. And I said to you, half a day, which yep. is how are you in Chamorro, the language mm-hmm. of Guam and kind of threw you for a loop because I certainly do not look Pacific Islander at that time. I believe I was platinum blonde. So I'm sure I really confused you. That's right. You sure were. You <laughs> yeah. sure were. Um, and then after that, it was just kind of, you know, kismet and, 
we did the interview. Um, you mentioned how well it went. And I think that was about three-ish years ago. And I remember you mentioning to me saying, I think that you are meant to do this. And I said, you know, be interviewed. And you said, no, have your own show. Right. So this project we have been working on, marinating on, prepping for, for the last three-ish years. And, you know, one of the silver linings to the pandemic on an occupational side for us, I think, is bringing this to life. Yeah. Um, and it's been so wonderful. It's been such a heart-filling, soul-filling journey. And this is officially episode 10 and with many more to come. And so I'm just so grateful. Mama, I made it. I made it on, I made, I made it on the show. Yeah, I, I just want to uh, uh, revisit that, that day that I met you and you're right. I, you know, I didn't, at first glance, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know you were tomorrow. And then when you said half a day, I was mind blown. And I was like, yo, this lady is cool. She's uh, obviously super smart, very successful. And the fact that she's tomorrow makes it even greater. So, um, you know, I knew I had to get you on the mic at some point. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know a whole lot of things, Marin, but one thing I do know is that I have the ability to recognize talent when I see it. And so when I heard you on that interview, I said, you know what? No, there's definitely, I got to figure something out. I have to work with this lady. And, uh, you know, we've been fam ever since. Well, that is the highest of compliments. And I will tell you that I am not a, the biggest fan of my voice, or I haven't been the biggest fan of my, my voice, but what I've been told from viewers or from listeners rather um, is that they enjoy listening to the show and they actually enjoy my voice. So thank you for that, you know, little, little uh, confidence boost. Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell you this as well as like as, <laughs> as radio folks, and, and I can tell you there probably is just a handful of people out there who right off the bat, enjoy their voice by and large. We're the biggest critics, uh, you know, we're our own worst, worst uh, critics, right? So it's only because it doesn't match the voice that I hear in my head. In your head, right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Maybe it's just jarring. Um, <laughs> but I would love to go circle back to being Pacific Islander. How did being Pacific Islander influence your upbringing? Hmm. You, you know, it's so, so weird. Like, like I said, I grew up in Long Beach, California, really not a lot of, uh, of Pacific Islanders, or so I thought. Right. Uh, I grew up uh, uh, predominantly uh, more, more of my friends were African-American, uh, Latino and, and uh, being Chamorro, bring, being an Islander was was rare. Being Chamorro was even more so like they're Chamorro. What is that? Like, are you that, that's a different species. Right. Totally. Um, but, you know, one thing I, I, I'll say is like, you know, folks would say Chamorro, oh, man, your cultures, you, know, you guys don't have, you know, you don't have culture. But then. I would I would tell them I was like nah uh, there's a lot of chamorro that is happening in my home so I was I was blessed in the fact that both of my parents spoke chamorro at the time my grandparents were living with us so I had four chamorro speakers in my home like wow. feeding me chamorro food feeding me the language I was able to listen to the language and um, for us and you may you you may you're I'm, you're familiar with this I'm sure is Chamorros have novenas or, you know, like prayers. There are certain times of the year where we spend an entire week praying and singing in Chamorro. And I never spoke fluent Chamorro, but I would be, because of those, I would, I was able to read it and I was able to sing it because my mom would take a look at me. And if I wasn't singing, she would, she would desk up my ears. They're like flick my ear and I would get in trouble 
And so, you know, for many years growing up, I would sing these Chamorro songs and, you know, maybe not necessarily knowing every word, but then uh, each year, each song, the more familiar I got with it, the more familiar I got with the words. And uh, that kind of brought me closer to my culture without me even knowing about it. And, you know, there's, there's a certain, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, we'll work with uh, folks who are outside of my community and they're like, man, Q, you're so cool. Man, your, your friends are so cool. Your family's so cool. Man, you guys are so sincere. And like to us, we're like, uh, this is not anything normal. When we go into Hollywood. There's not a lot of Islanders in Hollywood. And you know this, Marin. Uh, but when we work with folks in the entertainment industry, they always compliment us about our, you know, personality and being so uh, welcoming. And I'm like, wow, this, that's kind of sad. It's cool that, you know, you feel that way, but it's sad because to us, it's just, that's just being an Islander. So um, I take what I've learned in my culture from my home and then I apply it to my professional life. And, you know, you treat people right. They're going to treat you right. Absolutely. So Novena is what, um, what Q was saying. I think that was probably my most prominent memory of being Chamorro is the Novena. So Novena nine, it's a nine day prayer service leading up to Christmas, leading up to the birth of Jesus specifically, of course, there's prayer services for, um, you know, Chamorro, uh, the Guamanian culture is very rooted in Christianity and Catholicism. So there's obviously prayers for, um, the major holidays and mm-hmm. um, different saints and yeah, things correct. Like that. And, right. and religious holidays, but for uh, around the holiday season, um, this nine day prayer service is an intense multiple hour prayer service every single night for nine days leading up to Christmas. And then afterwards, you know, you have a, a rager and, and everything is super fun. And my family, you know, they busted out the card tables and, you know, even non-Chamorro, non-Guamanian folks would, right. it was a, a free for all really. And, um, but that was, you know, I didn't grow up speaking the language either. Um, only listening to it. My grandparents were very, very keen on making sure that their kids, my mom and her siblings grew up American. They were so, so, so proud to be American and to be in the States. And so um, the language wasn't passed down to my mom or her siblings and it wasn't then passed down to the grandkids, myself and and my cousins and my sister. but we grew up around it. So I can recognize the Chamorro accent immediately. There's a lot of Spanish in the Chamorro language. So growing up taking Spanish in school, I could recognize like little words and phrases here and there. Um, But you know, you know when they're happy with you and you know when they're mad at you. Oh yeah, boy. Hey boy, shot. (laughs) Boy, you better go over here and give me the remote control. Hey, pop, man, the remote is right uh, as a foot for me. I don't give a damn. You better get over here. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's hilarious. Totally. Really to speak about, you know, the language not being passed down to your parents. Now, it's not that they didn't want to learn it. You have to understand the context in which our parents grew up. In World War II, uh, you know, uh, it was there, there was a law. This was the saddest thing. It, there was a law on Guam that uh, you could not speak the Chamorro language. Imagine being in your homeland, right, and um, getting as a child getting reprimanded and getting spanked because you speak your own language. It was a way that um, you know colonialism 
uh, was able to suppress the culture of the Chamorro people. And now I'm, I'm inspired because there's a whole generation of, of, of cultural practitioners and, and, and uh, folks who are trying to bring back the language through song, dance, chant and things of this nature. But yeah, it, uh, it, definitely a sad time in the, in the Chamorro uh, for Chamorro culture, but I'm hopeful kind of piggybacking on that positive note um, that you mentioned about, you know, the family upbringing and, and being welcoming, that's how I run my business. And so I think that the, the concept of, you know, being in everything together and being warm and welcoming and turning everything into a party and really seeing people and honoring them and recognizing them, um, being open to people, that was certainly um, demonstrated by my grandparents, my grandmother, especially, she was just an angel. Um, but that is, that has become so much of who I am and that is bred of the Chamorro culture. And so I do think that this space that we have here with you and I both in front of the mic and behind the mic has, I mean, people feel that through the zoom, through the recordings, you know, in person, of course, but energetically, you can feel like this is a Chamorro party every, every week. <laughs> yeah. It's been such a blast. No, a absolutely. It, it's, it's been a blast. And, and um, you know, it, it's so funny. You talk about, uh, you know, connecting with the culture and, you know, your, your, your Nana being such an angel. Isn't it funny how one thing that, that is, that, transcends all generation maybe the language doesn't go down to the next gen generation but the food how does oh food always gosh. connects us always so my mom and her siblings all married caucasian men and uh -huh. women um and the chamorro food is most often requested by the caucasian spouses yeah right <laughs> then, then the chamorro <laughs> siblings um of course all the grandkids are half chamorro but um yeah, it is. It is. I mean, there's crack in that in that food. It's addictive. I, absolutely, hundred percent. Everyone's like, "Hey, I want some Kelleguin." I'm like, "Wow, how do you even know what Kelleguin is?" Like, that's kind of that's it's kind of cool. So Kelleguin, adobo, the red rice though. The red rice. Oh is my god! Cool. Right. So so okay okay. I'm gonna. I know this is your show. Cause I know this is your show. Lay it but on me. I already know what's coming. One, one thing. One thing. I was. I was very. I was very proud of you when you went back home and uh and and so for those folks who are who are tuning in thank you guys for tuning in um but my cousin went back home and uh she was all on local tv and people wanted to know more about what you did that you know you really inspire a whole bunch of our community uh you know kind of being out here in the states being an entrepreneur being a, a young pacific islander woman and so how was that for you to go back to, to the motherland and kind of tell your story? It was emotional, to be honest. It was really emotional. I actually felt this overwhelming sense of, of pride of, of experiencing where my family is from, but also this immense sense of gratitude that my grandfather joined the Navy and that they moved to the mainland because I can't confidently say that my entrepreneurial spirit would have been fostered on Guam. I don't know if I would have reached my full potential as 
a spiritual being, as a woman, as an entrepreneur in every facet if we had stayed on the island. So it was very humbling. It's very humbling to see where my family came from and also to still see my family members there. Right. Um, it was also very humbling to, you know, be interviewed by, you know, the radio stations and TV stations. Oh, you, you were all over, you were all over the place. I mean, the fact that people give a shit to me is still just, you know, blows my mind, (laughs) (laughs) but, but that was really special, but it really made me feel so grateful for experience for the United States, first of all, and secondly, being able to experience life here and go back home as opposed to the opposite. I think the transition would have been a lot more difficult. Like to think that that's what our parents and grandparents did, you know, they did the opposite journey. I mean, respect. Yeah, 100%. So How, How scary is that, right? To think about our ancestors come from this little rock in the Pacific and they, uh, you know, it's they wild. Went thousands and thousands of miles away to a place that they were not familiar with to 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 start new roots for the uh, betterment of their their family and opportunity for their future generations. That's cool. Well, to think of what my because my grandparents were also entrepreneurs after my grandfather was in the navy. He retired like seventeen times, right? But <laughs> hardest worker, of course. But, but to see what they had built not knowing until now to see with my own eyes what they came from was just completely my, I mean, it really threw me off my tracks. It was, it was such a surreal come to Jesus moment. Wow. Cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Q, you started in radio for a very specific reason to inspire Pacific Islanders to create a presence a Pacific Islander footprint in the industry. Can you speak more to that? Right. Yeah. So, you know, for, for over 20 years, wow. Over, over a couple decades, I've uh, really had a passion in working uh, in the community. And what does that look like? Well, I was, I was an executive director for, I mean, you know, like, like all of us, we, we've worn many hats throughout our years. So at one point I was an executive director for a nonprofit organization uh, also the director for the uh, Pacific Islander uh, Epidemiology Center that was based in Long Beach, I've presented in the White House, uh, things of that nature. So, you know, we, we can do whatever we want to do, right? And so one thing that I realized as an executive director for uh, the nonprofit organization, it was around the census 2010. And, and as we all know, the census is a very, very integral part of uh, the community is when federal funding is is uh, allocated to different ethnic uh, ethnic communities, uh, and so it's it's really how they they use this uh, this funding for programs and things things to help the community. Well, as a, a, a director for the nonprofit, I uh, applied for some funding from this foundation, and so our Asian American brothers and sisters they applied and they got accepted. They got funding. African-American brothers and sisters, same thing. Latinos, same thing. And so I applied on behalf of the NHPI community and our application got denied. And as, as you can tell, you know, I, I was shocked. I didn't think it was fair. Um, and so I asked the folks at the foundation, I said, well, you know, everybody got approved. And why is it that our community got denied. And when they told me, they said, they said, I didn't go by Q. They said, Joey, 
Uh, the fact of the matter is the Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander community does not have ethnic media. And that's what this money was for. It was to get funding for marketing, advertisement for, uh, uh, for a media uh, component. We don't have uh, Univision. We don't have Telemundo. We don't have BET. There was no ethnic media for our people. And it was at that moment when, when it really sparked uh, what I've now been doing for the past 15 years or so. And uh, in creating, you know, uh, uh, an ethnic media for our community. And shout out to my boy, Joe Favai, too, because he was, he was an integral part of, uh, of the movement in the beginning as well. Um, but yeah, uh, and, and here we are, you know, kind of through Island City, through Island Block, which became Island City, um, you know, we have folks who, they, they can't use that excuse anymore. And just to kind of wrap that story up, since this 2020 came around and we were one of the primary um, uh, advertisers or, or media components for the census 2020 for the NHPI community. So I, I think it was just a cool story. Amazing. What was your first memory of radio? Like what initially sparked that interest to even get you into the industry? Uh, community service comes in many different forms and fashions. And, you know, although I was doing community work uh, with the nonprofit, could, could I, you know, I did a lot of stuff uh, in, in the health, health industry. So, I mean, I was actually twice published in, in a journal of public health, which a lot of people don't know. But I don't really get too passionate about hepatitis B or I don't get, <laughs> I don't get, I can't get really passionate about, you know, hypertension. But what I did, what I, you know, I love, I've always loved music and I've always loved, you know, I had a way of speaking to people. And I love laughing. And I've figured out that my form of communication, uh, my form of uh, community service was through radio. And, uh, you know, part of the, you know, we, we didn't really have, there was nothing says there was there was nothing and so we started off with the show called the barbecue show and uh and then we got syndicated in, into uh three markets one in arizona one in vegas and one in los angeles and then and then here we are today and and you know we're a very small uh fish in a very tiny tiny pond uh but behind that one show we were able to tour through you know a, we would get gigs in like alaska hawaii samoa like it was incredible. And I just realized there is, there's nothing. And there, there was nothing at that time, but now I'm, I'm happy to say, and not, not even just through Island city, but there are many amazing podcasts and radio shows. Uh, and our people are, are now starting to get recognized and, and starting to represent. So that's always, that's always cool for me to see. What is Island city? Um, and what is Island Block for those who who might not know who are listening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it started out as a radio show. Island Block was the initial uh, radio station at Dash, which has now grown to Island City. Island City is a media group uh, comprised of the radio station. So for those folks who are tuning in right now, thank you. Download the Dash app uh, with close to 90 stations, varying genres. Uh, you know, this, this is, is dope because you got cats like Ice Cube, who has a station, Snoop, you know, Kylie Jenner and, and all these folks. And then you get to listen to, uh, you know, your island music right uh, right here on Island City. Uh, so make sure you guys check that out. Uh, yeah. So Island City is really a collective and the mission has never changed. The mission has never changed for me. 
Um, and it's always really to, to have representation. Um, and so, you know, whether that's on camera, uh, we're going to have a, a bit more visual component coming up and I'm excited about that. But, you know, starting off with the radio, doing a lot of production stuff, you know, really my dream, my, my dream is, is to do movies. Mm, I love that. And, and I'm just putting it out there in the universe right here on Marion Costello radio. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's a lot of amazing, and I'm not sorry to ramble cause, but you know, no, I'm all ears. Tell me everything. There, there are a lot of successful people in the industry, in the entertainment industry that are not named Jason Momoa and Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Uh, there's a guy named, uh, um, Frank Ishizaki. He's got a Japanese last name, but he's Chamorro, who's arguably one of the most successful people in Hollywood that you do not know. He's he's probably uh, I think over like 15 years, he's been the, the director for um, the World Series of Poker. You ever heard of the World Series of Poker? Of Did you know that there was a Chamorro guy that has been producing that for all these many years? Another guy, Freddie Gutierrez. Shout out to my, my man, Fred. Uh, is a screenwriter that many of you probably don't know. Again, he's Chamorro. Uh, no, no, I'm not just picking Chamorro. It's just these two guys on the top of my mind. But he's written movies for uh, Kevin Hart, Eddie Murphy, uh, you know, uh, um, Tyler Perry. He's written for Disney, uh, you know, Nickelodeon. I can go on and on. And there are so many talented people in our community. And so I think about that because I, you know, I, I, I know some of them and I've met them and, and I'm like, yo, we need to make our own movies. You know, only we can tell our own. We're the only we're the best. We're the professionals at telling our own narrative. We got to speak our own narrative. So that's going to happen. You're going to star in it, by the way. Great. <laughs> Great. We are just over here constantly trying to push each other off cliffs. And uh, <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm honestly here for it. You tell me when and where I'm there. Right. I love it. Cause what are your hobbies? What are your secret talents? I feel like you and I know each other in a professional setting and obviously we're family right. just by nature of the family tree, but we don't know that much about each other, which I think is the common denominator of the guests that are on the show. Yeah. yeah. Very, we're very blessed to have such um, a beautiful community behind us and such an amazing Rolodex, but uh, but we've only known each other a couple of years. Yeah, but you know, it's, it's cool. It's kind of like, yo, you fit in like some old furniture, girl. You just like, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, ama you're amazing. Oh, uh, hidden talents. I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think like, like a lot of Islanders, we're, you know, we love singing. We love music. We love food. That's why, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I I could sing. I'm I'm an award winning. Here's here's a fun fact. I'm an award winning accordion player. You are not. Yes, the squeeze box. Wow. I'm a polka king. I mean, when I was a kid, yeah. But um, I've sung at the House of Blues. I've uh, sung in front of hundreds of thousands of people. What genre? Uh, reggae, R&B, and uh, and indigenous Chamorro music. Um, you know, my, my family started the, the Katuna Chamorro, uh, foundation, which <laughs> established in 1993. She's, um, mm -hmm. it, it's wow. Over two decades. And, you know, we, we were, 
we were one of the uh, less than handful. I would say at the time we started, there were probably two, us and another group in San Diego on the, on the continental United States that taught Chamorro dance, song, chant. Wow. And, you know, I'm proud to say that, uh, you know, I was a part of that. And, you know, that, that has grown from being primarily a dance group and we practiced in our backyard uh, to offering scholarships for young Chamorro kids to uh, Chamorro immersion camps uh, in which we take, and, and these camps have grown. Uh, we will take Chamorro kids from all over the country if they want to come, they, you know, uh, and we'll go to different campuses, Long Beach State, UCLA. I think, you know, they're going to be other campuses just to kind of broaden their horizons. And uh, the different workshops are Chamorro folks who are excelling in whatever industry they, they are, they're, uh, you know, they're working in. And so I'm very, very proud of that. Very proud of the fact that, uh, and for more information, you go to uh, katunanchamorro.org, K-U-T-T-U-R-A-N-C-H-A-M-O-R-U.org. Sorry, shameless plug, but it's for the kids. So there's no shame in it. So no, I'm here for it. That actually reminds me of a funny story. I was yeah. touring colleges um, that I was accepted at. I was touring at Cal and there was a Pacific Islander because obviously I marked the Pacific Islander box on all of my college applications. Um, and I went to the Pacific Islander orientation and the woman running it said, I miss the English majors across the street. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, no, this is my mom. <laughs> I, like, I, I have to like show off my mother who has like, you know, you know, darker complexion. Right, I'm right, like, no, right. This woman who birthed me, she has melanin, but I don't. You, you know what? You um, know what? I'm, I'm going to say something to that. And, and, and you know what? That's a, that's a shame. First of all, <laughs> I, I, I will say this. I, I would I would say this uh, because over in the over 20 years that we've taught Chamorro song and dance and, and chants, um, we don't discriminate. You don't have to be Chamorro. Like we we have a saying it's like, yo, we, we teach the Chamorros in the community and the Chamorros at heart in the community. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, everything from, you know, from the the tattoos to the dance to the songs, if you respect the culture and if, if you love it and the, you you know, you do it in a respectful way, then we applaud that. And so we encourage that. And so for someone to say, uh, hey, excuse me, the English, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's a lighthearted story. But, <laughs> but for me, I'm like getting pissed off inside. Like, no, she's my cousin. Like, I know, <laughs> you know. That is so funny. No, I that's been my whole life because I certainly am not, I am not Chamorro passing by any means. But I mean, you know, it's, it's what it is. I mean, I know what I look like on the inside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Cause I'm curious. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, all right. And I, that I will, I will this say episode, this, folks. This, this is, this, this is, I think I think this is the first guest that you've ever told to shut up in the in the. <laughs> And ended the show early. Like, well, guys, thanks for tuning in. We're seeming to have um, some technical difficulties. Oh my gosh! Back, oh, back at the ranch. Cause yeah. I'm curious, how has the pandemic changed your industry for the worse and for the good? Mm, for for the worse, 
Um, you know, I, I, I don't, we don't get to the, the studio is, is shut down. So obviously, you know, we're, we're working virtually, um, which is, you know, we don't, we don't get to see, I, I don't get to see the hosts when I typically, um, you know, produce shows. Uh, in addition to that, because of the pandemic, you know, the live shows and the artists and the musicians have, have suffered. And, and that sucks because that's, that's primarily where, uh, I don't mean to laugh, but um, but that's that's where we we have fun. Like we get to go out and hang out with these amazing artists and see the crowd. And so yeah, that that part is back. What what have I learned from it? The silver lining is that you really find out who the hustlers are. Amen. You really find out like yo, who is uh, really about it, or who's just talking about it? Because uh, you know my. Tatachua, my, my grandpa, he, he's telling me in Chamorro, he used to say, Fanusuni una sinyaha. I'm like, Pop, what is that? Boy, if you if you really want it, you can do it. And I, and I, I like kind of took that that mantra throughout my entire life. And it, it definitely applies during COVID-19. Uh, you know, we're working virtually. The good thing about it is I can now produce a show from Mars if they got the internet. You know, I can be more efficient about my time. I'm not sitting in two hours of LA traffic. I can boom, boom, go from 11 to 12, do a 12 to one, do a one to two, like instead of having to, you know, so, so that is the silver lining. And, you know, I always say this and my nieces and nephews who are tuning in right now, they know exactly what I'm going to say. I always say attitude dictates altitude. How do you, how do you receive that? What, what is your response how do you how do you respond to adversity? And like I said, the true hustlers will figure out a way. So I love that. I I second that wholeheartedly. I think it's given space for, I mean, obviously illness aside and suffering yeah. aside, it has made space for so many other projects, the show, launching the consulting brand to public. Mm. I mean, really getting close to my team, creating virtual jobs for them. Um making the business really lean. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of, I mean, especially in LA, there's a lot of um, smoke and mirrors, a lot of things that seem to be, you know, protocol in fashion and creating a brand um, and bringing a, bringing a product to market. And that just kind of poof went away with the pandemic because yeah. of the ability to not or, you know, the inability to see people in person. Um, I'm now based out of Florida, but what people don't know who haven't experienced life in California throughout the pandemic is that it's a bit apocalyptic. And so I, I say that Florida is COVID optional. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like, I mean, in my experience, people are very respectful. Like, you know, if you get the vaccine or not, if you wear a mask or not, people are very respectful of other people's choices. But, you know, in in California, it was, it's fight, it's fight or flight, you know, and, and tensions are high. Um, so to maintain a business and maintain a brand and make sure to take care of yourself and your team in that environment, it was really challenging. Mm. And it definitely, like you said, separated the hustlers from the lazy ones. Um, and just encouraged, I think entrepreneurs, myself included, um, it encouraged us to pivot and pivot quickly and aggressively and effectively. Right. And here we are. Now we're on episode 10 of the show. Let's go. Stop playing. So cool. 
what are some Pacific Islander artists that we need to keep our eyes and ears out for mm. that you're a big fan of? Man, Not you know picking what? favorites, but just, you know, everyone's um, talented, but yeah. Um, I, I would, I would say, you know, first off, let me just say this. Our people can sing like you say, as far as music, right? Our people can do anything we put our minds to whatever genre, uh, you, you like, you're going to find a solid, uh, NHPI artists behind that. So that, I, I'm, I'm prefacing that to say this, if it's reggae, it's Fiji, the legend Fiji. If it's R and B, I got to go with my boy, David Thomas. Uh, so, uh, uh, if it's, if it's, uh, you know, whatever, actually there's, there's a Samoan country singer. I don't know what his name is, but like we could do any genre. So to answer your question, Fiji is my favorite artist of all time. And, you know, it, it's, it's kind of cool. Like I'm pausing right now because I can literally give him a call right now and be like, Hey bro, uh, what do you think about this song? Like, it's so cool. Uh, and it goes back to what we said at the beginning of the show is no matter how much success these people have in their industry and entertainment or whatnot, they still understand that it's, you got to treat people right and be humble and work hard. And so shout out to Peach.
for people getting into the radio or music industry who are Pacific Islanders? Mm. Because you are a veteran, because you did pave a way for the culture. Right. Now knowing the industry and the potential opportunities or opportunities that there are, if you were to now, if you, knowing everything that you know now, if mm-hmm. you were to just enter into the industry right now, how would you go about it? Uh, I would say there are three things I would say. One, be on time. Let me say that again. Be on time. Uh, the thing that I hate, that I cringe, is every time I hear someone say, oh, it's all good. It's island time. No. That, that kills me. That kills me personally. Two, don't be afraid to invest in yourself. Uh, as a musician, as an artist, you're going to have to pay someone to do your music video. You're going to have to pay someone to do your logo, to do your album art. You are going to invest in yourself. If you really think that you got what it takes to make it, don't be afraid to invest in that vocal coach and spend some money. And then uh, finally, three, uh, take a look at the trends and don't be afraid to pivot and utilize technology to your advantage. Those are the three things I would say. I love that. You have such a grounded energy and a grounded spirit. How do you maintain that? What does Uh, your self-care look like? I love it. I love it when you ask this, this question to your guests, because I'm not talking about, I mean, yeah, like a facial or a manicure. Sure. But I'm talking about like soul care, self-care. What does that look like? How do you, Hmm. how do you stay you? How do you stay grounded? Music. Mm. Music. Uh, I pick up the guitar and if I'm feeling a certain kind of way and I just need to, you know, put everything down, you know, I I put everything down and I pick up one thing. It's, it's my guitar and I just sing. And it's not to anybody. It's just I'll go to the garage and just sing. And uh, so that. Um, and then I've been working out a lot lately. I love that. So, I love that. You look hub. Hey, hey, you know what I'm saying? Hey, I, I like to say this. My body Trapping is not, strong. Trapping man, strong. Hey, my, 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 my body is not built for My body is built for comfort, not speed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so the double triggered, triggered. Yeah, the, the, the dopamine kicks in and I'm feeling good. So no. I love it. I love it. What is your first memory of music? Because you mentioned that you mm. have been playing since you were a young kid. Right. Uh, first memory of music. Um, <laughs> really, you know what? And it's sad to say, but when I was when I was younger, I'm not going to age myself, but there were there were music programs in school, like in elementary, you know, in uh, in. You know, I didn't, you don't think about it when you're a kid, but I played everything from, I played, listen, listen to this, cuz I played all of the nerdiest instruments you can think of. Why? Because nobody else wanted to play them. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. Played the xylophone, played the French horn, the so um, cool. vi- violin, the accordion. Uh, but it really, I mean, it taught me music theory. So I loved it, you know, play the saxophone and, uh, yeah, I just I just remember having a really cool music program. Uh, shout out to Long Beach Unified School District and, uh, you know, Mr. O'Neill. And yeah, 
I remember my 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 pops would come to our, our music recital, and I said, "Pop, how do you like it?" He goes, "Boy, said uh, everybody sounds like they're killing the cat." <laughs> like I'm like, oh my oh my gosh <laughs> it, it was it was typical pop cue man but uh no it was it was hilarious but they always encouraged me to try something new so i dug it and so yeah here we are what was your first instrument that you picked up mm. violin wow the how violin. many do you think you play do you even know or are you the person that can pick up any instrument and just play it yeah kind of it's weird oh i hate people like you no, it's, it's, it's weird <laughs> No, it's a weird thing. I'm not, so not saying cool. I, not saying I could play it very well, but I could figure like in okay, give me a couple minutes. I could figure this out. Yeah. By hate, by hate, I mean envy, because I <laughs> I took piano <laughs> lessons for like you know a couple months when I was younger and was like, well, that was a great run, guys. Thanks. I'm glad no. we did it. <laughs> well, 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 well. Let let me say this too. As long as I've been playing the guitar, I should be way better than what I am. Like, like so. But you know, I'm I'm a hacker. I can get by. I can get through a song. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. What's next for Q? What's next for Island City? Um, you know what? I, I'm excited because it's always been my mission to, to really uh, to create a platform for our voice to be heard, to create a platform that shows a representation of our people, very talented, hard to reach community. And I think we've identified, you know, folks like yourself, folks like Brie Casso, uh, you know, uh, Fina, um, all these young hosts uh, that aren't afraid to, to get out in front of the camera, get out in front of the mic and try something new. And, you know, my, my goal is to really wean myself off of the mic uh, and off of in, from in front of the camera and really kind of direct and help coach and build that next generation. Um, you know, and, and I'll circle back to the beginning of the show. I never want our community to uh, to to be known as a community without a platform for their voice to be heard. Amen. That's so important. What do you want to see more of on Marin Costello Radio? How do you want this platform to grow? We're just going to have a team meeting on the air right now. No, uh, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I think that, no, I know that this needs to be more of a visual component. Um that you you it's got to be a tv show I and love that. yeah and so uh you're, you're such an inspiring person Marin. and you, you you know you shake your head no but i'm telling you you are when you go back home and and you and you're on tv and you're on radio and shout out to joan charfras by the way love and, you joan and, and when you do that and you tell your story there's a little chamorro girl on back home on our island that is looking at you and going, yo, if she can do it, maybe I can do it. That's so cool. So yes. So cool. TV. I think the reason I'm here for it. Uh, <laughs> I've got TV show on my list. I've got movie on my list. Good. You let me know <laughs> what I need hey, to do. Hey, you're laughing. I'm not laughing. That's going to happen. We're putting <laughs> okay. it in the universe. Perfect. You've heard it here first, folks. Yep. Um, well, I am obsessed with you and I think you're the best. Oh, thanks. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Yeah, you know what? Happy Happy Pacific Islander Heritage Month, Asian Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And you know that it, it may sound cliche, but I think it's important to know that our people were some of the smartest people on the planet in history. We were the greatest navigators on earth. 
you know, we were great orators. You know, uh, we we didn't some some of us didn't have written languages where we were able to speak and tell the stories of our ancestors. And I'm gonna leave you with this: uh, the ocean never separated us. Uh, to islanders, it never separated us. It only connected us. So I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, uh, Marin Costello Radio. Well, my heart is so full. Thank you so much, Q, for sharing your story. I'm so grateful to have you as my chosen family and the reason that this beautiful project is has come to fruition. A massive thank you to Dash Radio for hosting this podcast and to our producers at Island City Media Group for making the show come to life. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe to Marin Costello Radio on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you want to receive 15% off the shopmarincostello.com jewelry collection, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and send us a screenshot to hello at marincostello.com for a special discount code. Lastly, if you'd like to connect offline, you can find me at Marin Costello and Marin Costello Radio on Instagram. Thank you all for tuning in. Wishing you a perfect day, and we'll see you next week. Since I met you, baby, I'm noticing a change in me. Oh, oh, oh since I met you, baby. I never thought that we could be And it feels like I've arrived and I'm all brand new And girl, I know it's because of you There's something strange happening to me But I can't wait to see you again Falling upon my best friend Watch the clock, tick tick-tock Till you come around
Got this feeling down deep in my soul that I just can't lose. Girl, I'm on my way. I needed a friend, but then the way I feel now, I guess I'll be with you to the end. Girl, I'm on my way. Mighty glad you stayed. Stuck on you. I've been a fool too long. I guess it's time for me to come on home. Girl, I'm on my way. So hard to see that a woman like you could wait around for a man like me. Girl, I'm on my way. Mighty glad you stayed. Feeling down deep in my soul that I just can't lose. Girl, I'm on.